I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. This is Play Me, your digital theater. We transform the hottest contemporary plays into bingeable audio dramas. I'm Laura Mullen. And I'm Chris Tolley. Hi, and welcome to Play Me and our new series, The Show Must Go On, created in response to the unprecedented closing of theaters around the world due to the global pandemic. As you know, over the past few weeks, theater companies have been forced to suspend their shows and cancel the rest of their seasons due to COVID-19. This has hit the theater community particularly hard, as artists have often spent years getting their plays ready for the stage, only to have them indefinitely called off. So, together with CBC Podcasts, we'll be sharing seven powerful shows, including two world premieres, almost all of which were cancelled or postponed. To do this in the age of physical distancing, Laura and I are recording in our respective homes, and we're sending microphones to actors all across the country to capture these great shows that we will present here over the next few months. We hope that you will enjoy these plays turned podcasts while you're self-isolating at home and that you'll go and see them live on stage when the theaters open again. Our first show in the series is a timely one. Winner of the Governor General's Literary Award, Carried Away on the Crest of a Wave weaves together nine evocative stories about the 2004 Indian Ocean tsunami, the deadliest in recorded history. The play illustrates the interconnectedness of our experiences around the world when we're faced with a natural disaster. Yi's characters are also grappling with a global event that hits each one of them differently. This show, the last we recorded in studio before the world shifted, was also scheduled to hit the stage at the Arts Club in Vancouver in March. It was canceled just before it opened. This is part one of Carried Away on the Crest of a Wave by David Yee. Ladies and gentlemen of the press, especially gentlemen, especially the gentleman in the blue coat who passed me in line earlier and brushed my shoulder and we both turned because a wave of electricity passed through us that was something like the feeling when you drink milk that's gone off, only good. And neither of us spoke, but I wanted to tell you that you are the handsomest man I think I've ever seen. <clears throat> Thank you for joining us. <clears throat> People often ask me what it is we do 
at the International Earth Rotation and Reference System Service. I think it's rather self-explanatory, <laughs> but that's me. Over the years of being asked this question, I've simplified my explanation to the following statement. We observe. <laughs> this may blow your mind, but the Earth changes speed and position constantly. Over the course of centuries, the mean Earth day has gotten longer, then shorter, then longer again. A number of factors are responsible for this. For instance, on December 26, 2004, the Earth's mass was drawn towards its core via tectonic subduction, and the planet got smaller. Because the planet got smaller, it started to spin faster, three microseconds faster than before. The day got shorter. But the force also tilted the planet 2.5 centimeters on its axis. It wobbled. Like knocking a spinning top, the tidal shifts created a drag effect, slowing us back down. The day got longer. These differences in microseconds may seem infinitesimal at the moment, but they do add up. We as scientists, as observers of anomalous planetary behavior, as record keepers of the big picture, must account for these shifts and their impact on the future of our world. Like balancing a ledger, we, the accountants of time, have instituted necessary measures to maintain our pace with the Earth. About every 18 months, we add a leap second to coordinated universal time. You aren't aware of it, but it's there, inserted into the fabric of your day. And by a marvel of science, a breakthrough in observatory technology that would take far longer to explain than we have tonight, for the first time ever, I can tell you what happened in that leap second. That fraction of a glimmer of the mere concept of a moment. You didn't even notice it because you weren't watching. But we were watching. And we wanted to let you all know, because if you know, then maybe we stand a chance after all. What happened in the leap second went something like this. A balloon burst at a child's birthday party. A mosquito pierced the surface of my skin. Twelve people laughed at the same joke. A plane lifted from the ground. Two strangers shared a glance across a crowded subway car. A match was struck to light a cigarette. You smiled at me. A phone rang once. A honeybee disappeared into thin air. Six people standing together all experienced deja vu. My face flushed at the sight of you. A supercomputer finished calculating the end of pi. A grasshopper swallowed a garden snake. The internet crashed. Every child alive stopped crying. California caught on fire. There was peace on Earth. We fell in love. The world ended. And we were all reborn.
It's too much. Your head. What? Your head. It's, it's, it's nothing. It's a lot of blood. The head bleeds. Everything bleeds. Not as much as the head. How do you know? Do you remember last spring? Mother hit her head on the beam over there? Uh, I don't remember. I remember. We drove her to the hospital. Impossible! We don't have a car! We don't? You probably saw that on television. The, the television! television. <laughs> Not enough. The sky! What about it? I don't know. Your head! It's fine, shut up! We should throw the television table. We may need it. We don't have a television anymore. We may need it as a raft. We may not need a raft if the house stops sinking. Stop arguing with Stop me. Stop making stupid suggestions. Find more things to throw. You're running, Trophy. Which one? The dash, 100 meters. Not that one, I like that one. Find the 10K, it's not as nice. This one is heavy, I'm tossing it. No! You told me to find more things. Fine, then we should get rid of your swimming trophy. This one is from the match in KL. Not the Nationals. Good and heavy. Make a nice splash, did you see? Was that the television? What? That made the splash. Your swimming trophy. Oh, no. Your head, I think it's serious. Stop nagging me. You're as bad as mother. Stop being stubborn, and I'll stop nagging you. Find more to jettison, or I'll throw you in. Photo albums. Books. Mother's books. Those are my books. Wonderful stories. Do you remember? Not now. There's no time. One about the sky. Keep going! CD collection. Collectible figurines and snow globes. Oh, those were mothers. Toys we used to play with. More photo albums. Dogs. We don't have a dog. Someone's dog. Is that it? Nothing more on my side. You? Nothing. We should get out. We're safer in here. We'll drown in here. Statistically, we're safer at home. Our home is sinking in the ocean. Oh. Hey! Hey! What happened? You passed out. Your head. Just tired. Don't worry about me. It's been an exhausting day, what with the house being pulled into the ocean and all. We can make the table into a raft. Take our chances. You need a doctor. I just need a rest. You never let me help you! Take a rest with me. It was a nice day, wasn't it? It... You know what? It was. Not a cloud in the sky. Sky wasn't the problem. Sky. The sky. The sky! Hang on! It's the sky! The... Remember? Your head! No, 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 no! Remember? It was in the book I just threw in the ocean. In the beginning, the very beginning, when the brothers were fighting over the throne of heaven, the god of fire, um... Zurong? And his brother, Gong Gong, uh. the god of water, Zurong won the throne. And Gong Gong was so angry that he went down to earth and smashed his head against Buju Mountain, the mountain that held the sky in place. He hit it so hard that it broke a bit, and the sky started to fall. The world tilted, and the great flood started. It's a children's story. It's how the world began. The creator couldn't fix the mountain, so she had to cut off the legs of the giant sea turtle, Owl, and use them to prop up the sky. Remember? The turtle holds up the sky now. So something must have happened to it, to one of its legs. Something slipped, maybe, and now the sky is falling down again. I can fix it. I'm a good swimmer. I'm the best swimmer. That's why I'm here. 
That's why the ocean grabbed our house and pulled us out. I have to help the creator fix the turtle's leg. No. No, that's not what it means. It's okay. I'll ask Al to balance the house on his back. You'll look down and see the back of the turtle who holds the entire world up. I'll go with you. That's not what you're for. I'm the swimming child, and you're the running child. This is a job for the swimming child. You'll have your turn later. Don't worry. <laughs> I knew there was one more thing. And please, don't leave me. I'll be right back. I just have to go save the world. Won't take a moment. I don't want to be alone. You're not. None of us are. There's a giant sea turtle underneath us all. You'll see. We have to be strong. Can you be strong? Mm-hmm. Is my head really that bad, Runner? No. No, it's just a scratch. Like Mother when she hit her head on that beam over there and we drove her to the hospital with the dog in the back seat. It's just like that time. Yes. That's what I thought. back we'll be right back i don't know what's real i don't know what's not real limited capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other there's something going on with him like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I'm, I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. You understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. Peace, my son. Peace, brother. I have seen you circling around for days. I wondered if you would land here. Uh... That was you, yes? The other day, with a metal detector or some business around the beach? Oh, yes. Looking for buried treasure, were you? Find any? Oh, I wasn't. Don't keep it all for yourself, now. A small donation to the church is good for the soul. You misunderstand. I've been around, yes, taking density readings. I think you've been expecting me. I am the engineer. Yes, yes, of course. I'm so sorry, sir. You are so young. I was expecting an old man. You know, the kind, the thick glasses, and the... Uh, my apologies. You are here to substantiate our miracle. Investigate. No matter. Welcome. I am Mamar Sheikh. Mamar Sheikh. Um, 
I believe Monsignor Parrish mentioned I would... He sent it. You? You are the expert. I am an architect and structural engineer. Top of my class at IIT and MIT in America. I designed the city center in Chennai. Have you been? Huh. Yes. A shopping mall everyone raves about. Thank you. Hmm. I have been. The floors are uneven. They are. And the inside is too... fancy. So much molding now. Looks like a wedding cake. I'm sorry you feel that way. The prices at Forever 21 are extravagant. I'm not sure that one is my fault. Che. You are the expert. I am told... You expect me to believe that the CCS, the Vatican, uh, sent you. As I said, I was top of my... Yes, yes, you built a shopping mall. You're obviously a wonderkind. Was there no Catholic available? Or even a Hindu lord. Send me a Hindu. But this... A Muslim investigating a miracle for the Vatican. I do not believe this. I'm Ismaili, if that makes any difference. The Vatican has engaged the services of non-Catholics before, when necessary. There is precedence. Precedence! First he's an architect, now he's a lawyer. I am told that the event destroyed everything at this elevation except your basilica. I am told that when the waves touched the statue outside, they stopped. I am told of 2,000 people inside this room, not one pair of feet was wet. That, to me, Father Thomas, sounds like a miracle. But I am also told to investigate using science, not faith. Science will prove faith. And yet it is faithless. It is the same from a Muslim as it is a Buddhist or a Christian. Now, you don't want me here, and I have a cricket match I could be watching, so why don't you show me to the site, and we can both get on with our days. On Christmas Day, a young Japanese girl, a visitor to the Basilica, placed a rosary on the hand of Our Lady. Not an uncommon practice, but this particular rosary had been blessed by Pope John Paul II. His Holiness has not yet been canonized, but this miracle would ensure it. It is politic, you know, a story like this. Looks good on the brochure, yes? We have a saying. It helps the flock to flourish. Was it this one, here, the rosary in question? No, no, this is a placeholder. It was here that the water turned back after touching the statue of Our Lady. The statue was undamaged, but the rosary was swept away. Our Blessed Mother reclaiming it, perhaps. There are many theories. It is 325 feet to the shoreline, yes? Yes. The waves went miles inland, but the basilica and all in its shadow were untouched. Sandstone for the base? You are the expert. I'd like to take some readings around here. I can only imagine what you think of this. Think of what? This statue. Our claims. Iconography of holy persons is forbidden by Islam, yes? So this statue to you, this must appear to be an incredible sacrilege. Not one of our saints, so I suppose it's fine. Still, you must find the concept offensive or... I am Ismaili. I don't think anything of your statue, your crucifix, or your medallions. I have a little St. Christopher in my car. He was there when I bought it. His head bobbles. It's very charming. You know, the Quran 
teaches us, Revile not those unto whom they pray beside Allah, lest they wrongfully revile Allah through ignorance. Does your book offer a similar passage? What are you building there? It's like a sonograph machine for underground. It takes density readings of lower horizon levels. Okay, the ground under our feet is made up of layers. Che. I know. This machine tells me if the bedrock beneath us is more or less dense than the surrounding area. I graph it with the readings from along the coastline that you've seen me take, and it gives me a picture of what the upper ocean basin looks like. And what does that all have to do with our miracle? The graph will tell us. My machine is parsing this data with readings done from the Anna University Institute for Ocean Management and the National Institute of Oceanography in Goa. I'm already connected over WiMAX, so it will only take moments, what would before take several days. Luckily, there's an app for that. What? Um, an app for, like the iPhone? This is on your phone? No, it's... Oh, are you calling them? It was just a little joke. Oh, okay, very funny. App something, okay. What about my miracle, nah? The graph is complete. Hmm. Hmm? I'm sorry, brother. Why sorry? What is there to be... This graph. It shows me there is a natural breakwater leading from five miles out in the bay, running along either edge of the basilica. This was no miracle. I'm sorry. You are making another joke, yes? My friend, there were 2,000 eyewitnesses. Dry feet, huh? Watch. Watch. The waves start hundreds of miles out to sea. As they travel to land, their direction, their speed, even their shape, is formed by the topography of the ocean basin. The breakwater acted as a barrier, directing the waves to either side of the basilica. All this sandstone soaked up the runoff. That's why no one's feet got wet. It is incredibly lucky what happened here, but miraculous, I'm afraid not. My parishioners are charitable people. So blessed they felt when they were saved that they worked the next four days without rest, searching for survivors amid over 800 corpses. And do you know how far they got? One half a mile. A five-minute walk, 800 water-ravaged dead bodies. Many of them feel their lives have been redefined by this moment, this miracle. You can't just... Tell them it was luck. No, it, it was an act of God, a reward for their faith. Do you believe in God's plan? Of course. Then there you have it. It was in his plan for this to happen, for them to be saved. You don't understand. My brother, I do. As a Muslim, you have no concept of what the Catholic faith teaches us. Brother, please do not. I am not your brother. We are all brothers. And I'm telling you, my brother, I know. And it is true what I'm saying. The hand of God may not have come down to shield you from the waves on that day, but it was his will that formed a breakwater in the earth and his will when the basilica was built on it. You call him one thing, I call him another. 
but this is his work. So you are saying this was a miracle? A miracle? No, but this, all of this, is the work of God. You mean Allah? Does it matter? Of course it matters! Because we were saved. Not Muslims, not Hindus, not Baha'i, us! And you really believe what you should take away from that? Is that your God is the right God and everyone else is worshipping a false idol? Isn't that what you would do if this had been a mosque? No, it isn't. Well, then you're a bad Muslim. And you are an excellent priest. You, you don't have to do this. You could... You could just say you didn't find anything. You could say, and they'd believe you. I, I mean... That's something you could do. You don't really mean that. My people need hope. They have you. I'm not enough. They have their faith. And when that's not enough? It has to be. That's why they call it faith. Brother. Please. Do you know what it takes to be made a saint under Islam? No. Of course you don't. First of all, they're not called saints. They're called wali. This means friend of Allah, or walks with Allah. One test they use to determine if you can be a saint is that they dig up your body as many as six months after you die, and if the body is decomposing, you're not a saint. You are not faithful enough to walk with Allah. I have family in Aceh. They're not poor. They live a good distance inland, so they weren't affected. But you saw 800 dead bodies that day? In Aceh, there were over 150,000. Most, if not all of them, were Muslim. I had been to Jamatgana with those people. They were good people, pious people. So many died saving others. Men who made it to safety first, then gone back to rescue who they could, died saving a person they didn't know. All they knew is this was someone's son someone's husband, someone's brother. They put a stranger's life before their own, and not one of them was a saint. Those bodies all decomposed. They became bloated in water, skin sloughed off in sheets, their lifeless bodies were swollen and black and turning to sludge. Because we are men. Just men. And do you know what our leaders said? Allah must have been angry. They must have been bad Muslims. Do you see? 200,000 dead, and it's used as a cautionary tale against us? Saying all of those people, all of them, were bad because they decomposed the way anyone would? And now you want me to say that God worked a miracle on your Catholic basilica because someone put a string of beads on the statue of a woman? You want me to say those 2,000 people standing on a breakwater were better than the 200,000 who died in Aceh? Is that what you're asking me to do? I... I am asking you to protect these people's faith. At what cost, Father? My father told me never get into a theological discussion with a Muslim. Smart man. He said... They are relentless, Amal. But we... We are right. Maybe you are. 
Just not today. I'm sorry, Father. You know my name, my surname, Thomas? This name comes from a saint, Saint Thomas, one of the original apostles of Christ and the first to preach Christianity in India. He has a church in Chennai, <laughs> near to your shopping mall, maybe. A anyway, I I've always liked St. Thomas. Maybe because of the namesake, I I've just always felt close to him. Do you understand what I'm describing? A kinship. Yes, a kinship. You know what St. Thomas is the painted saint of? I don't. Architects. <laughs> He's the patron saint of architects. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yes. I suppose it is. Peace, brother. Peace, my son. That was part one of Carried Away on a Crest of a Wave by David Yee. Episodes two and three are available now on Play Me. The play was performed by Richard Lee, Ash Knight, Richard Zapieri, Epony Lee, Mako Nguyen, John Ng, and Nadim Philip. The original stage production was directed by Nina Lee Aquino. Carried Away on the Crest of a Wave was created with the support of Native Earth Performing Arts, the Ontario Arts Council, the Toronto Arts Council, and the Canada Council for the Arts. The play premiered at Tarragon Theatre in 2013. This episode's sound design and edit are by Chris Tolley. If you haven't already, please consider rating and reviewing this podcast to help us get the word out to more listeners. We'd also love your feedback about our show. You can email us at playme at cbc.ca and follow us on Twitter at Theatre or on Instagram at playmepodcast. Special thanks to our CBC producers, Fabiola Melendez-Carletti, Cecil Fernandez, and Tanya Springer. The executive producer of CBC Podcasts is Arif Narani. The senior director of audio innovation is Leslie Merklinger. Play Me's associate producer is Pippa Johnstone. Play Me is funded by the Canada Council for the Arts and the Ontario Arts Council. Play Me is produced by Expect Theatre in partnership with CBC Podcasts. For more information on our plays and artists, please visit playmepodcast.com. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.